What's up, everybody? It's the Annie Up Podcast here on the Sawdust Podcast Network. I'm Adam Ronis, Howard Bender, out today, off to Vegas for a fish concert, fish, whatever, like he always does. So I have a special guest today, Christopher Vaccaro from The Athletic. Chris, what's going on, man? Ronis, what is going on, buddy? Uh, we are halfway through the uh, fantasy football season here, about the midway point, and... Uh, Hopefully the first half of the season worked out well for you, and uh, the second half is hopefully that much better. But I'm ready to rock you, bud. Yeah, for the most part, uh, most of my teams are pretty good. I have a couple teams uh, that are three and four, but mostly good. How's it been for you? Are you playing a lot of high-stakes leagues? You know, mm-hmm. uh, How's it been for you so far? Yeah, uh, up and down season. Uh, you know, For the most part, I'm happy where I am right now. Um, I had to overcome a lot of injuries. Uh, you know, We've spoken off air, big A.J. Brown and Jerry Judy owner um, you know, in the early rounds at the receiver position. So I had to overcome that. You know, we, I lost Judy week one right off the bat, so I haven't had him. Thrilled to hopefully get him back this week, like all reports are saying, that he's good to go and get him in my lineups. And it looks like A.J. Brown has turned the corner and headed for – you know, a rest of the season wide receiver one, uh, you know, campaign. So I'm happy about that. So I have my teams, you know, for the most part, right in the middle of the pack. Like you said, you know, a lot of four and three teams, uh, five and two. Hopefully, uh, you know, they hit the gas pedal and take off and don't look back now. But, uh, you know, my my rosters are, are strong and, and I like where uh, most of my teams are at. Now. How do you prepare? I mean, it's crazy that we're basically halfway through the year. It doesn't really feel like it. We had the six mm-hmm. teams on by last week. So do you have like a, a strategy now that sets you up for the second half run, the way you construct your bench, the way you do fab? Is there anything that you kind of start to to look at differently now as we're halfway through the season? Uh, not really. Uh, you know, I'm still throwing my, uh, my handcuffs on there. I'm still throwing, uh, the, I didn't talk about your nightlife activity, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, for another show, right? I confused them. Sorry. Um, now, you know, still, still plugging away, uh, adding pieces to my benches, um, you know, at the running back position, especially seems like most of my teams have two pretty big running backs, two serviceable, serviceable running backs. And then my four through six or seven running backs are just guys that I'm hoping maybe that, uh, you know, the starter goes down in front of them. So, you know, week by week, this changes so much, Adam. You know that one guy goes down, uh, you know, a starter and, you know, like a Derrick Henry, just say, and all my Darrington Evans shares, uh, I could cash in on that and situations like that across the NFL. So uh, my teams are pretty much built the same way. Heavy, uh, heavy wide receiver. So I'm, I'm deep. Uh, at wide receiver, five or six deep. Tight end position still continues to be uh, a little bit of an issue for me, but I think I have it under control. I think I have, uh, you know, now a lot of Dalton Schultz now coming out of the bye where I could plug him in. Noah Fant, same thing. Um, You know, I I like where he's at, you know, for a top 10 tight end. So the teams are all built pretty much, but, you know, I'm always turning uh, the back end of the bench, uh, you know, going forward. Uh, What were some of the mistakes you made because I, I i'm not trying to have you you know mm-hmm. put, i do I, you know i like to talk about the things that i got wrong sometimes and figure out why and you know it's only halfway through the year so some of those players could turn around but what were a yeah. couple of things that you got wrong and were you mm-hmm. do you think you were right and it just didn't work out the way you think or did you miss something uh 
what did I get wrong? Uh, I'll say this, Adam. It's I'm really happy with the way I drafted. You know, this year more than you know previous ones. You know, every year, every year as we do this, you have years where you look at, you go back and look at your drafts, and you're like, oh, man, I had a really good drafting season. I was right. You know, this round, you know, my main target was this guy, and he hit, and and on and on and on. Then you have some seasons where you're like, man, I, I was really wrong on this guy, that guy. Um, I'll say this diversifying for me this year throughout the draft in these early rounds actually hurt me a little bit more than it helped me. I was strongly invested in Cooper cup. Uh, I wanted him as my, you know, mid third round pick in most of my drafts, but as Did you the, like him better than Robert Woods. Oh God. Yeah. No, it was Why? Cooper cup. Uh, I just thought, you know, once I heard that whole, I thought Stafford's game would, would, you know, be perfect for a Cooper cup. Uh, you know, he's over the industry, uh, over the injury, injury now a full year. Um, I love that offense. It, it was a little weird that, you know, Woods was that mid third round pick cup was like a later third round pick towards the end. But for me, I have no Robert Woods. I, you know, I have a ton of fantasy teams. I don't own one share of Robert Woods. He was a fade for me. Cooper Cup, uh, as much Cooper Cup as I have, I wish I had more. It was just that I'd get to the, you know, when I had a top three or four pick, Adam, I would come to the end of that third round and say, ah, I can't take Cooper Cup again. And I diversify a little bit with a Tyler Lockett um, and, and a couple other wide receivers. And, and a lot of those wide receivers are having good years. You know, I diversified a little more with, you know, like a DJ Moore um and guys like that but they are in cooper cup and i look back and i say ah, if i just would have stuck with my main guy my main target at, at that you know particular spot i'd be in even better shape so does that you know, that's one thing do you, will that change your perspective next year because you know if cooper cup mm -hmm. you know i don't want to say that he gets hurt but if he does then you will say well you know what i made the right decision we know injuries happen a lot in the nfl but at the same – and this is the tough discussion here because when you hit on a Cooper Cup and you have a multi-leagues, you're feeling great. But mm -hmm. if he goes down, then it goes back, well, I should have diversified. So will this change your perspective? It probably won't, Adam, to be honest with you because even when you're in love with you know one particular uh, player in, in a certain round, uh, when you play enough volume and you play a lot of teams, you can't be all in. You know, and it and sure that backfires on, on somebody like me this year when I say what I just said and I go, if I would just would have stuck with mid round and I was moving him up, you know, he was my I think I took him 29th overall in a high stakes draft, 31 overall. And he was going for the most part, you know, 36, 37, 38, 39. But I was moving him up to mid third. But at some points I just diversified. And um, but it's not going to change, Adam. It, it's not because I can't look at, you know. Just say 40 fantasy teams and go, oh, I have 37 Cooper Cups, you know, because if he goes down now, you know, I'm I'm getting wiped out. So I do have to divert. You do still have to diversify. But, you know, if you're in love with a certain player, uh, you know, it's it's better to be on the heavier side, I guess. You mentioned Tyler Lockett. He is a player mm -hmm. that I have quite a bit of, and it felt great after the first two weeks. Uh, yeah. The last couple of weeks with Geno Smith, it has been absolutely atrocious. They do get Jacksonville this week. Can we start Tyler Lockett this week in this matchup, or do we have to back away? <laughs> Here's the, uh, you know, I think after last Monday night's game, I was talking to myself going, ah, you idiot, you, you shouldn't have played him. 
you know, again, after what you saw the previous week, I, I did sit him in a couple of leagues. Cause like I said, diversifying, I did wind up with a lot of Tyler Lockett and it was the right pick, Adam, you know, it, oh, yeah, it wasn't, I agree. It wasn't I agree. a wrong pick at all. After the first two weeks, it was like, Hey, I'm right on the money in this offense. Um, it's just after last week, I had to jump off. The, I had to, I had to sit him, and I didn't. And I went back to him again this past Monday night, and I and I held the grenade, and he hurt me in a lot of leagues. And then I said, okay, you know, until Russ comes back, I'm sitting him. And then you look up, and you're like, oh god, he's got Jacksonville this week, and and this bad D, and it's like uh, now you're wrestling with the whole Gino's a bum, but. Do you play him against the bad defense to come bounce back off of, you know, two bad games, uh, you know, with Geno? So you got to wrestle it a little bit. I think it comes down to, you know, what other options you have in certain leagues. Uh, I, I guess it would be that. But as of right now, he's no more than a flex play, um, even versus Jacksonville. So we'll see. It's a tough uh, situation. There's a lot of players like that right now, Adam, that, you know, what do you do with a Robbie Anderson? You know, did you give up hope on Robbie Anderson already? Weeks ago, I'm sure. Yeah, I have him in two leagues. One's the Scott Fishbowl, where I don't really mind if I struggle because I've said it, you know, it's great charity industry, but there's no money on the line. So if I'm going to suck in any league, I don't mind it there. Yeah. And then I have him in another league where I was forced to play him last week due to the buys. I fortunately was able to to get the W. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to play this guy right now if I don't have to now. They do have a, a pretty good matchup this week against Atlanta, and he has been getting a ton of targets. But, man, Sam Darnold, after people were anointing him oh as, like, the value pick after the first three weeks playing no one, has just fallen apart. So, yeah, I mean, I have – I do the weekly rankings at FantasyLearn.com. I think he's in the 40s. I mean, the other guy that's really difficult right now, and I didn't get him outside of the Scott Fishbowl. So, I guess I got a lot of my bad players on that team. Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson, I mean, like – I I, I want to put him in the 50s for wide receiver because I don't see how you can play him right now at all with the how way this offense up? is going. How, how is how can this keep up, Adam, is my question, because, you know, I was giving my readers and listeners the same advice. I was saying, hey, you can't play him. He's done after, you know, going into last week. And then you look up and, you, and people were saying, hey, you know, I have this, you know, these three wide receivers and two of them are like, I don't like them. And then you like Allen Robinson's got the Tampa Bay secondary. Do you want to be have him on your bench for the first time when he's playing that Tampa secondary that you think he could take advantage of playing from behind? Couldn't even get it done in that game, you know, and now he's got the San Francisco secondary, which, you know, isn't that much better. So, um I think this is a lesson for, for everybody. You're better off just when these guys are ice cold, like the Allen Robinsons or Robbie Andersons, just keep them on your bench. Sit, keep sitting him until you start seeing these guys turn the corner. I, I find it hard to believe that Allen Robinson and to a lesser extent, a Robbie Anderson can go a full, you know, 17 game fantasy season by being weekly bums. You know, until we see the Allen Robinson, you know, six for 80 in a touchdown game and maybe two of them back to back, you start seeing him turn the corner. Same thing with Robbie Anderson. You know, then maybe you start putting him back. But you're better off avoiding all these duds week after week after week in your lineup than, uh, you know, than missing out on the one when you have him on the bench. Yeah, I think the challenge for those that play are like, well, Allen Robinson's always been great. He's always exceeded with poor quarterback play. And I took him in round three or four. You got to forget about that at a certain point. 
And yes. I think that's kind of difficult for people. Um, but we've seen enough now. I mean, it's seven weeks. He has one game in yeah. seven weeks of double-digit points in PPR formats. One. He has one touchdown. He hasn't had more than 63 receiving yards in a game. He had six receptions in week one. He hasn't had more than four sets. I mean, it is brutal. Like, there's no way you can put him in the lineup. You, you're right. You have to see a good game before yeah. you put him in your lineup. Yeah, and, and you're wondering if, I mean, I don't know if the Bears will ever turn back to Andy Dalton and just say, okay, the kid is just, you know, he's not ready. And they maybe, you know, after one or two more bad games, they're like, all right, listen, just come hold the clipboard for a little while, you know, learn from a veteran again. And, you know, the future is yours, but for now, we don't want to put you under the gun week in and week out. Maybe they go back to Dalton and that turns Allen Robinson's, uh, you know, season around. I don't know. Um, but for now, yeah, he's got to be on the bench and, and Robbie Anderson, you know, you, you look up again this week, uh, Adam, um, you know, this past week versus the giants was another garbage dud of a game. The week before that I had him in all my lineups again and, uh, where I own him, and, you know, he, he saves his day with a garbage time touchdown. He gave like 11 fantasy points. So in the box score, it wasn't a two or three where it completely wrecks you. Um, but, you know, this week, Terrace Marshall is going to be out again. And you look at the, you know, all right, they're playing Atlanta and that team. And that's a mess. Can he garbage his way into a six for 70 and a touchdown? You know, it's another dilemma when you're, uh, you know, looking at your uh, fantasy lineups. It's tough to say, eh, I could do worse than throwing this guy in for a shot in my flex position. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta's given up the seventh most fantasy points to the wide receiver position. Uh, they allowed touchdowns to Matt Collins and Isaiah Ford last week. So mm -hmm. it is the good matchup. It's just what Sam Darnold are we going to get because they are going to start him again. So but the uh, targets are there. But yeah, Darnold. Yeah. Just, that's, the th that's the thing, Adam. It's, the you know, you look at the target share and, and how many targets he gets every week. And it's like this is like almost impossible to do. With his air yards and his targets and and then the lack of production, it's like, man, uh, eventually this has to equal up to each other. No, even out a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it's tough. And and those guys are basically, you know, for the most part, those are the most frustrating fantasy players that we just touched on right there. Where were you on Jamar Chase before the season? And do you have any on your teams? Yeah, I got some Jamar Chase. Uh, obviously not enough. Um, that's for sure. Um, did the preseason report scare you at all a little bit, but make you back you away know, just a little bit? I, I can't come on the, your show and talk to you and not be honest and say it didn't because it did. And, um, you know, I was on a pod uh, over the summer in August and being a huge college football fan, I said on that show, Jamar Chase is the next biggest superstar in fantasy, the next big, you know, wide receiver one elite wide receiver one that after this season we'll be drafting him in the first round of fantasy drafts. He was the biggest, the, the most, you know, the biggest talent I've ever seen at the wide receiver position, watching a player at the wide receiver position in college, what he did at LSU a couple seasons ago, I was like, this guy's going to be a top five stud. Um, so I love them that much. It's just when that preseason hit and I saw him taking just drop after drop after drop, I said, for that price tag where he was going in the fifth at that time, before we got into the high stakes season and he started falling into that sixth and seventh round because everybody was like fading him at that point. Um, 
I was like, yeah, maybe he's just not going to have a good rookie season. You know, maybe there's other guys. And and I was a huge Antonio Brown um, drafter this year, which that worked out. So I can't complain. So, you know, they were starting to go in the same, you know, area. And I was jumping Antonio Brown, um, you know, over a, a Jamar Chase. So I, I wound up with a lot of Antonio Brown, but not enough Jamar Chase. Well, that be a lesson for next year because we went through this with Justin Jefferson last year too. Yeah. So will you use yeah. this as a, a lesson? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will because I, I got to trust what my eyes see. And, and you know, I, if I'm preaching about a player in July and August, I can't get scared off with the reports and, and everything and what I, and the preseason, a couple games with his drops. I was like, man, I watched the preseason games. I saw all the drops. I said, man, this guy's confidence is shot. And maybe the year off, uh, you know, uh, hurt him because he didn't play it, you know, last season at LSU. This is two years ago that he put up the crazy uh, productions from, you know, what my eyes saw. So I said, ah, maybe, you know, the year off hurt him. He's got to get reacclimated. He's not going to be like the go-to guy on this team. Uh, I remember reading late in August, I think it was Tyler Boyd saying like, you know, we're talking to him. Uh, you know, he's got to come along a little bit. He's got to get over. He's got to get his confidence back. And I was like, oh, man, he's got these two veteran receivers in Boyd and Higgins trying to be like, come on, kid, you know, like get your shit together. And I was like, yeah, this guy's just going to play like a third fiddle role to Boyd and Higgins, uh, at least for the first half of the season. I thought he'd be a strong second half of the season play for fantasy. But um, I, I don't think anybody could have expected this. I think anybody that would talk to you, Adam, and say, yeah, no, I drafted Chase. You know, I, I moved him up a couple rounds and I thought he was going to be, you know, a top five or 10 fantasy wide receiver rookie season right off the bat. I think they're lying to you. Um, but I, I just wish I would have had a lot more shares than I do. Yeah, I mean, I did move him down. I remember Fantasy Alarm tweeted out during the preseason because I had Chase over Higgins, and I think someone else had it the other way, and they go, which do you Mm -hmm. agree with? But then I did see the same reports, and I did downgrade him where I put him behind T. Higgins. And in our GST league, what happened? I took T. Higgins over him. I did, yeah, Yeah. and I'm looking back like, uh, so I did downgrade. Him. Yeah, but not, not, but I'm not sorry. a lot. Like I remember I even did a segment with Jim Bowden on fantasy alarm show. We both agreed by the dip on Jamar chase. Cause it got ridiculous. And then I did two RT sports championship leagues. I got him in both. I think round seven, eight. Um, and he was on my bench in week one. Cause you know, that's a league with two running backs, two receivers, two flex. So I was like, all right, I'm not going to start in week one. Let me see what happens. But since week one, he's in my lineup every week. But it's not enough leagues because, again, a guy that I was high on that I had ranked higher and I let the preseason and you described it appropriately. I think rationally we thought about it and he was dropping in every league. So it's not like we were the only one. Everyone had the same thought. But I always want to learn lessons. And the lesson here is, hey, the talent was there. Yes, he had the year off and there were drops and everything, but we should have known. And uh, so, yeah, I'm not going to let that happen again next year. I agree. And it's, it is, it's a, it's a lesson learned, uh, for sure. Um, you know, uh, you said what Higgins you, you took over chase. Yeah. And our GST league in round yeah, five. Yeah. You know, and even that was a little late for, for Higgins. Cause in, you know, when, when the big money was on the line in the high stakes league in early September, T Higgins was moved up to the fourth round and chase was like a seventh rounder. So they really, 
their gap really was wide between Higgins and Chase. So, um, you know, I can't blame you for making that pick. I even made that pick on a couple of my T Higgins teams for sure. I'm just happy that I, I have two really high, um, high stakes home leagues uh, that I'm involved in. And uh, Chase is on both of those. And those teams are just killing it right now, both in first place and a lot of points. So I'm loving, you know, having them, having Chase on those teams. And he's also on my two highest uh, online championship NFFC teams. I just wish I had him more in, you know, those NFFC prime times and classics and maybe my diamond. So uh, I have enough to, you know, be excited every Sunday when he goes off, which he does on a, on a weekly basis. But like you said, for the cost that he was in early September, that seventh round, if I just would have pulled the trigger a little more, this season is, you know, uh, a lot better so far through uh, seven weeks. And that's all it really takes, Adam. And you know that you make one right pick compared to a bad, you know, pick early in the early in the draft or even in the eighth round. I said this on my show on The Athletic, Adam. I went into the ninth round of drafts in fantasy season with two targets at the wide receiver position to be my wide receiver five. It was Mike Williams and it was Elijah Moore. Okay. And I can raise my hand and admit when I'm wrong and admit when I'm right. That's night and day, Adam. Right? Yes. Mm -hmm. It's night and day. You know, you got Mike Williams. Uh, my Mike Williams teams are killing it. My Elijah Moore teams. I'm like, oh man. I, I, so it, it's just a flip of one pick. Yeah. So I'm looking at Jamar Chase. I wanted to see. So I had him for most of the preseason 21, 22 at wide receiver. I moved him to 26. So yeah. slight downgrade, not crazy. I mean, I think mm -hmm. if people were drafting off that based on where he started to really fall, because you're right. We know this. You play in high stakes leagues. The ADP is way different. You have to be aggressive. Mm -hmm. And then you play in these home leagues, work leagues, and it's different because I did. Um, a league where my friend's old job and we took a lot of receivers early. So we were light on running back. I think we took two running backs early and then hit receivers uh, pretty heavily. Mm -hmm. And I remember it was like round eight or nine. I was like, man, Jamar chase is there, but we mm -hmm. need a running back, man. We're so good at receiver. And yeah. I was like, someone is going to get a steal with Jamar chase and Mike Williams too. Mike Williams and the same thing fell. Right. And it's just the roster construction where like, I don't remember if it was four or five receivers I had and, you know, you need to start to build up some of that running back depth. And it just sucked because I told my friend, I'm like, someone's getting a steal here with Chase. Just yeah. knew it. And yeah, um, yeah. it happens. Now, uh, let me throw a question at you, Adam. I'm sure, you know, I know a lot of your guests probably don't throw questions at you. But, uh, hey, we go back a long time. <laughs> who is uh, who is your biggest regret through the uh, draft season so far that you were, you know, have heavy on? Not just somebody you took in one draft that you're like, ah, I shouldn't have took them at, at all. Is there a player that was, uh, you know, on a lot of your teams that you were in on that just busted and uh, and you really regret, uh, you know, that thought process? Or you pretty much uh, avoided any landmines? Uh, Top no. 100 guys I'm talking. Top, Top 100. 100. Let me see. Uh, running back, I actually spread, spread it out depending on where mm -hmm. I picked. You know, I have McCaffrey a little bit. Uh, I have Kamara in one, Zeke in two, Eckler in one, Jones in a couple. I have no Derrick Henry. You know – Oh, God. Yeah, I have no Derrick Henry, you know, and I have zero shares of. Derrick OK, Henry. I'll give you my reasoning for passing yeah. on Henry and then you give me yours. My yeah. concern was not the lack of receptions, not that it was the mm -hmm. workload. It was the workload. Look 100%. at the last two years, 400 plus touches. And it's like, all right. 
every running back breaks down. This guy's not human. And I figured that out now. Uh, so that was the reason why I passed on Derrick Henry uh, was the workload. It had nothing to do with, oh, man, PPR doesn't catch passes. He's shown he can overcome that. And I also thought that this defense was going to be pretty bad. They brought in Julio Jones. I actually felt they might go a little bit more pass, not heavy, but skew more to the pass, especially yeah. with the change in coach, too. And it's been yeah. the opposite because Tannehill's not even throwing. 100%. I, I really, there's nothing else for me to add to that because that's exactly my thought process on Henry. I'd, I could care less that I didn't care less if he caught one ball because you know what Derrick Henry's been in the past. Guy could be 150 yards rushing and two touchdowns. And if you're giving me that every week, I don't give a, I don't give a crap if you could catch, if you have two stone hands for, you know, for hands. So had nothing to do with that, but it had everything to do with what you said. I said, you know what? I'd rather be the one the one year early getting off the uh, you know the ship than, than on it when it sinks. Uh, you know, the guy's just been running to the ground these last two three seasons, and I said, ah, there were other op, uh, you know other players that I, I liked in that mid round. I'll tell you what, I was telling a friend this last week. We were talking because you know uh, we we draft a lot uh, you know together, like you know. Uh, prepping together as we go into our high stakes seasons. And, uh, you know, we were both completely off Henry and we were like, you know, how could we not have gotten any Henry shares? Why were we so off of Henry? And I look back and I say, you know what? My guy in the middle of the first round where Henry was usually going that I had over him every time was Jonathan Taylor. And through the first couple of weeks of the season, I said, oh my God, I, would, I had this conversation when I said, oh man, what a major mistake and 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 drastic mistake I made with Taylor over Henry. At least now, seven weeks in, I could at least say that if you didn't take Henry, at least Taylor was one of the better picks to take because he's turning his season around. I think Taylor's a top five or six uh, running back the rest of the season. Uh, so I'm happy with, with Taylor and my decision there. But, you know, Henry was clearly uh, the, the right pick in the first, in the middle of the first. And anybody that didn't take him from starting at first overall could say that because that's what he is, the first overall pick. All right, we're going to hear from our sponsors and then come back and I'll tell you who I was wrong on. All right, I looking at my teams, or I don't think I've drafted like uh, one player that just has been a dud across the board, but I will say this, one player that I was pretty high on at the tight end position that I ranked in the top 10, Mm -hmm. John o. Smith, man, I just thought that they paid this guy money. And I know they brought in Hunter Henry, too. But Bill Belichick always praised them. There was talk in the preseason. They were using him all over the formation and training camp, getting the ball in his hands. So I said, all right, if I'm not going to get Kelsey, Waller, Pitts, Hawkinson, which happened sometimes, I was like, all right, I'm going to get John o. Smith. And he was pretty cheap. And boy, man, that has not worked out at all. Um, you know, there's been glimpses, but that's a player mm -hmm. that, I took and I don't, it didn't really sink me because I didn't invest a lot of draft capital, but that was someone I was looking at. I was like, all right, I'm gonna get John Smith. And I've had to cut him in leagues. Uh, I've unloaded all my John Smith shares already. I probably don't even have one share left uh, of him either, but uh, yeah, you know me, Adam, I'm uh, you know, I, I'm a, a weight on tight end guy. Uh, you know, I'm, I don't have, you know, any Kelsey or, uh, you know, wall or maybe one share of wall or I have as he fell to the third round. But uh, I, I don't usually take tight ends really high. You know, that's my strategy usually. So I'm trying to hit on the breakout tight end 
you know, guy and John o. Smith for his price, man. I, you know, he was going in the one twenties, one thirties, one forties during, uh, you know, the summer. So I was scooping up shares of him and, uh, thinking the same thing you were and it just didn't work out at all. So, you know, cut bait and, and you move on. But luckily for me, like I said, I mentioned earlier, I replaced most of those shares with the, you know, I was a one week ahead uh, on the Dal- Dalton Schultz uh, train. So, you know, that's a nice flip of, uh, you know, tight ends. Yeah, definitely. Schultz has been tremendous uh, for mm-hmm. Dallas and he was really cheap. I yeah. think I think for me more, it's the the players that I passed on more this year. Um, again, I, I did take Odell Beckham in like three leagues and he's been crushing me. I have him in our GST league and it's like, I just can't even start him anymore. Um, so yeah, I don't that, think he's playable, right? I, I I have some Odell Beckham shares too, and and I think he can be along with the the Robinsons and Robbie Andersons of the world. I I just don't think you could put him in your lineup anymore. Yeah, it's tough though because we play in some deep leagues, you know, and you, mm-hmm. you get some injuries and buys, and you're like, ah. Uh, but I I said this uh, I think after week one I said there's two players that I feel like I might regret passing on in round four. They're two running backs. Do you want to take a guess who those two are in round four? One is a complete regret. The other one, I was rewarded by not taking him. I, I, I know I'm throwing this at you. I think you will probably yeah, get this. Let me, let me, so two running backs, fourth round this year that you regret passing on. One has well, got well, one, to one, be DeAndre Swift, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one, I, it doesn't look as bad passing on him now. Uh now uh, miles sanders yeah so you got it so you know what yeah, you're doing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> swift and i'm gonna give credit uh to glenn lowey glenn lowey was all over deandre swift i had him on this podcast that was mm-hmm. one play he was heavily invested in we know he's a great player uh he yeah. was all over deandre swift and i had a lot of swift last year and it was just the preseason, the injury the jamal williams talk and i should have known he's yeah. the better talent they were going to play from behind. There's no wide receivers there. Hawkinson and him were going to lead the team at targets. It's round four. Like, what do you, you know what I mean? You're getting a discount. On, I think in early drafts, he was going late round two, early round three, and he started to dip. That one, complete regret because it was right there for the taking, and I didn't do it. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm lucky enough that I, uh, I'm heavily, heavy into DeAndre Swift this year. So that's really working out for me. Um, I was all in on him in July. So my online championship teams have a ton of DeAndre Swift on it. Uh, not at he the was like round three at that time. Yeah, right? he was around round three. He, that's where I have most of my online championship. DeAndre Swift shares is round three. Oddly enough, if you can remember, there was that last week in September leading into draft season where he was just falling into the fifth round. Uh, there was, I, I think it was the hamstring issue at that point. Um, you know, I, I think the coach came out and said, you know, Jamal will, will, you know, rely on Jamal or we didn't bring him over. I forget exactly what the story yeah, was, Anthony Lynn was. That's all you one need. A, one B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all you need is, is, you know, for one of those blurbs to come out right when, you know, the, the big money's on the line and all of a sudden people start to get cold feet and they back off. And I have two primetime teams, uh, two of my better uh, high stakes primetime teams in the NFFC, where it's fifth round DeAndre Swift shares. So um, I'm thrilled. I have a, a Zeke, uh, Zeke uh, DeAndre Swift team and a Joe Mixon DeAndre Swift combo. Um, 
So, and another, actually, Joe Mixon, DeAndre. So I have three uh, DeAndre Swift high-stakes teams. That last one is with our uh, friend Matty Modica. So straight across the board, fifth round, DeAndre Swift. And then right before, uh, you know, the last couple of days of the season, everybody started to buy back in on Swift, and he then became a third-rounder. So um, I remember that. But, yeah, I'm lucky enough to have an, uh, enough uh, DeAndre Swift. Miles Sanders, though, Adam, I was lucky enough to stay away from him. I have I one or too. two small shares. And I honestly thought the same as you after, like, the first week or two, I said – I think it was after week one. I was like, what a mistake I made. Miles Sanders is going to be such a great fifth round RB2 type running back. And, um, you know, I was pissed that I stayed out on him. And, uh, you know, seven weeks later, I'm like, you know what? Oof, dodge that bullet. Uh, quarterbacks this year, I kind of went across the board. I have Tom Brady in a league. I have Jalen Hurts in a couple. I have Burrow. I have Dak in a couple. Mm-hmm. Um so, I mean, quarterback's been pretty good for the most part. But Jalen Hurts, he's been great from a fantasy perspective, but he's mm-hmm. awful from an NFL perspective. I've always told okay. people, don't watch the first three quarters with Jalen Hurts. Either tune into the fourth or don't watch the game and come back and you'll see your 25-plus fantasy points. But we did hear some murmurs that maybe they go to Gardner Minshew. Do you think that is possible? And what do you do? If you have Jalen Hurts, I mean, should you be getting ready or looking for a backup if you haven't already? I have him in both my RT Sports Championship leagues. I think my backups, one is one is Daniel Jones. Um, mm-hmm. And I forgot who the other one in the other league was. But uh, I, look, I think they should just let him play the whole year because they're going nowhere. So just let see if this guy can turn it around. What is Gardner Minshew going to do? Oh, what, you win a couple games? Like, yeah. You know, so but where, where are you on Jalen Hurts right now? Uh, well, in terms of the, you know, if they're going to bench him and go to Gardner Minshew, I think it's ridiculous if they actually do that because we, you know, it's not like Gardner Minshew. Nobody knows what his deal is. Everybody knows what Gardner Minshew brings to the table. And, uh, you drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. You got to stick with him now. You got to give him the whole season at, at least. Uh, I, I, I rarely take players off the board completely come draft season. Adam, because everybody has the right price. You know, yes, I agree with that. But at the quarterback position, I went in and this year and I said, well, there's one quarterback I know I won't own a one share of in the top 15 quarterbacks off the board. And that was Jalen Hurts. So um, now, like you said, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back for that one because Jalen Hurts has been a very good fantasy quarterback so far. It's just, I just, don't think the talent is there. I, I you know, I, I thought there was a chance of him getting benched at some point this season, fizzling out. I thought it would have happened already. Uh, I thought he'd be a complete bust. And he hasn't been for fantasy uh, purposes, but um, not a fan. It's not really my problem, Adam, but, you know, f- for, um, you Thanks know, Thanks for advice. not caring about me. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Sorry about that. That's your problem, not mine, buddy. I got my own issues. Uh, <laughs> um you know, what can you do? You know, you, if you got to be prepared, try, you know, try and take those, uh, you know, the Daniel Jones off the, of the world in, and, and this is, you know, depends on how deep of a league we're playing in. If we're talking a high stakes team, you go to the waiver wire, you're looking at the Teddy Bridgewaters of the world. You know, it's, there's not much there. You got to hope that Hertz stays on the field. He gives you your 25, 30 garbage time fantasy points, which is hey, good enough. 
uh, take it and move on to the next week. But at any point, you have to feel as a Jalen Hurts owner that he could drop a five point game on you and get benched in the third quarter or, you know, throw one, you know, have one of those 110 yard passing and three interceptions and gets pulled before he gets his garbage time rushing yards or however he's getting it done. Don't like the offense. Don't like the coach. Don't like the quarterback completely out. Uh, that's really all I could say about Jalen Hurts. Well, I guess the Lions this week, so uh, we'll see. But maybe the Lions get their first win. You know what? That's a good upset special, uh, Adam, right there. They're getting three um, and a half. Yeah, I, I, you know, I yeah. didn't ask you for this. I know you bet a lot, but yeah. is there anything that stands out for you yet? If you don't have an answer, it's fine because it's early and mm-hmm. I didn't ask you, uh, but we do cover sure. sports betting too. Is there anything, because I know you, you're you into, I don't know, heavy action, but you're you're, you're putting bets in every week. Uh, anything yeah. that stands out to you right now? For this week? Yeah. Um, Jets money line? No, no, <laughs> no, not Jets money. I tell you what, you know, my pick I, and I post my my bet of the week every week on my athletic article. And last week it was Bengals to win outright money line. I love I the like Bengals. them getting the Yeah, I got I had them getting the points. I thought they mm-hmm. could win. I, I'm a believer in the Bengals. Yeah, no, total, total believer in them. Uh, you know what? I'll say this, Adam, the Game tomorrow night with the Packers and the Cardinals. I, I just know what man. my boy. I just know what my boy Aaron Rodgers can do in this situation. Everyone's counting them out. Well, did you see every, that? Did you see he's six and zero without Devontae Adams? Yeah, yeah, and and that's what I think. You know, uh, other than you know, you like you said, Adam. A lot of people will just be like, "Oh my God." Would you? you know, so no here's a good Adams. question for you. Here's mm-hmm. a good question for you. So the line right now on DraftKings Sportsbook is six and a half. Would you take it now or wait, thinking it could go more in your favor for Green Bay? Uh, You know, Vegas rarely will move the line over the, you know, the main numbers of the three and the seven, the 10. Um, So, no, for me, that's an easy buy a half point. You know, I'll do that in situations like that. I'll never if I'm on a dog with six and a half, I'll buy the half a point to seven. And that's probably what I'll do tomorrow night, unless it moves to seven on its own, which, hey, it might. But I'll wait up until game time. And if it stays at six and a half, I'll, I'll take the touchdown with Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, I'm, I've been wrong on Arizona, a team that I really loved last year. And, and I didn't think they would, you know, could be this good early. I got burned. I'll tell you right now, I got burned. Two weeks ago, when they went to Cleveland. Oh, so did I, bro. Did so you? Do I. So did oh, I. Oh my so god! So heavy on the show. They go. So Ooh. Arizona's undefeated, and they're three-point yeah. underdogs. Is this right? I go. Yes, it is. Cleveland's a yeah. really good team. They've lost to Kansas City. Oh, it was all set up. Who else did they? Lo- Who's the other good team? Oh, uh, Chargers. They had the lead. I'm like, they played with these teams. They had the mm-hmm. lead. No, Cleveland should be favored. This is. They're going to win this game. Yeah, I did oh, this so thing. much. There was so many things lined up for Cleveland in that game. You were like, oh, my God, a West Coast team coming to the East Coast, you know, coming to, to Cleveland uh, to play in, you know, uh, just you could see Cleveland would just being like a tougher team than, than them and Cleveland being a Super Bowl contender, I thought, with a, with a big time offensive line. I thought they would just ground and pound a, a soft team like Arizona to death. And that, you know, it was just the right spot for Cleveland and it blew up and I lost a lot of money on that game. I could be honest with you. That was a big play for me. But um, we're honest here, man. Look, we know like 
you're going to lose, right? If you bet money, you're going to lose. Everyone Mm -hmm. tries to brag like, oh, I got 80%. No, you don't. Stop. Like, you're going to lose. And you figure out why, learn from it, and move on. But, yeah, I mean, look, I just thought it set up well in that spot. And um, it it didn't work out. I mean, they had some injuries, too. But no excuse. They got their asses kicked. No, it was a complete disaster. There's nothing I could say about that. It was just the wrong pick. And I was so in love with that pick, like I said. So, um, it's, it's true. And that's another thing with the, our industry. We talk about it off air, Adam. There's, there's just too many people puffing their chest out and, uh, I, I win so much and, and, uh, you know, I'm at this clip, like you say, 80, 90% and uh, I'm a winning player 17 years in a row gambling. Get out of here. Get out of here. Listen, we, we, if you're not honest with your, your listeners and your followers, you know, you're going to make the wrong bets you're gonna you're gonna lose bets and and you're going to make the wrong start and sit decisions me and you do it all the time and you know what we've been in this industry and playing this game for a long long time and i like to think that we're both pretty damn good at it and we have the records to back it up but you know what on a weekly basis if you called me every sunday night i could tell you all a whole bunch of wrong decisions i made you know so it's still gonna happen it's gonna happen in the past it's gonna happen in the future just got to learn from it each week and try and make the best decisions we can from a fantasy perspective and from a gambling perspective. Yeah. And look, my picks, uh, you know, on this podcast, sometimes I give out picks for NFL. My NBA picks are documented um, for now on pickswise.com Monday and Friday. I started this week, Monday went three and one. Uh, so hopefully we can continue that, but it's all there. You can follow it up. Uh, final thing here, because I could talk to you all night and I kind of want to get some dinner and uh, do my tab. And I know you have to make some final arrangements too. But one player that I was completely off on and I didn't understand because I heard a lot of people in the industry pushing this player up. And I was like, oh my God, Mike Davis. The reason why I hated Mike Davis and I had him ranked, I'm looking at my preseason rankings, 28 at running back. And that was only like, and that's low. Like people were ranking him in the 18 to 22 range. I saw him go in the third round of industry drafts, fourth round. I was laughing. I was like, thank you. What was the argument from Mike Davis? Well, he has no competition. Who else is there? Right. That is the worst fucking reason to yep. draft someone. There's always someone who can take your spot. It might not be clear at that point. There's mm-hmm. always someone. I'll go to baseball, and I made this mistake. Leone Tavares, right? Oh, there's no one else who can take his job. They're going to give it to him. He didn't hit. They sent him down to the minors. There's always someone who came up. And who was it? Adelise Garcia, who came out of nowhere. Now it's Cordaro Patterson. That is the worst argument. That's all it was. Well, who else is there? He's going to get all the volume. He's a 28-year-old running back. What (laughs) 28-year-old running back who's never had a full workload in their career until last year, who with Carolina was good early and wore down, never had more than 165 carries in his career, why all of a sudden do you think, yeah, Atlanta's right. He's the guy. I was completely off him. And anyone who listened to me, they for sure don't have him. Again, we've talked about stuff we got wrong. Mm-hmm. But Mike Davis, to me, made no fucking sense. Please tell me you don't have him anywhere this year. Uh, zero shares, Adam, over my God knows how many teams. Zero. He was a complete – it's funny that you know we just talked about Jalen Hurts at the quarterback position going into drafts where I said, eh, I will have zero shares of him. At the running back position, when you looked at the whole board, I was like, all right, well, I'll have zero shares of Mike Davis there. There was that whole, you know, what, the the, the dead zone, uh, you know, right, uh, yeah. talk, the that whole thing this year. Uh, guess what that was? That was wide receiver range for me. 
You know, yes, me so, too. Mm-hmm. so, you know, the whole Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, uh, Mike Davis, it was just like, you know, you get in these drafts, Adam, and it's, uh, you know, you, you get excited when it's coming to your turn and you see like a certain player come off the board. Well, you know, Mike Davis, Josh Jacobs, you see those guys come off the board. You're like, yes, one pick closer for me, one pick closer. So those guys were never in, uh, you know, uh, in the thought process for me. Mike Davis has worked out just fine. And as a matter of fact, uh, you know, I, I've been talking up on, on my uh, in my article, I've been stashing Wayne Goleman shares that I must have every Wayne Goleman share in the world. And I don't think I'm going to even be right at this point. It's just it was since day one, just a complete fade of Mike Davis that I was like, you know what, as your RB six or seven in deep leagues, just stash Wayne Goleman because this Mike Davis thing isn't going to work out. Eventually, they're gonna you know go away from him, and I still think it might happen. I need I listen. I didn't expect Cordero Patterson to be doing what he's doing and to come out of nowhere, and for him to be the lead back with all the touches. So I'm sure my thought process was right with stashing all the Goldman shares, thinking he'd be the next guy up to take over for Davis once they got sick of him. But it'll probably be Cordero Patterson. Uh, I think we're seeing that more and more each week. That you know Mike Davis is only getting four carries last week. You might see next uh, this week versus Carolina, him not even like uh, being completely phased out. That's Mm -hmm. a revenge game for Mike Davis. (laughs) You know what? Put him on the goal line. When when you get on the one yard line, go ahead and feed him the the goal. I don't even think they care, Adam. Are you into the revenge game stuff? I I can't say yes. I can't say no. I mean, I I think I like to mock the people who use it all the time and then it doesn't work out and they give me excuses. I well, know. this is well. He's not that good. Okay, so he doesn't want revenge because he sucks. Um, yeah. Hunter Henry has a revenge game this week. If you're into that, yes, uh, that I could see Hunter Henry getting in the end zone. So there you go. I mean, listen, <laughs> some some guys I'll buy into it. When I I think if I own the player, I'll buy into it. And yeah, if I exactly, don't, I'm right? like, oh. yeah, it gives them motivation to succeed. Exactly. Man. You're like, yeah, for, real, for real, I could talk to you all night, man. For real, this is so much fun. And you know, we've had this, we've had these discussion in person. I actually haven't seen you in a while. Uh, the GST when Lisa Ann and I came out, what was that? Was June, yeah. right? Yeah, it was like June, July, July. August. I know yeah. it was the summertime for sure. Yeah, definitely. So you know, you and I got to come down for Sunday football. Definitely. Are you? Uh, are you? Are you there on Saturdays? Yeah, I'm there Saturdays. Uh, I'm there. Uh, I'm there most of the time. Um, you know, uh, the weekends hit Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm there. It's early in the week that, I, you know, I, I have to get my football stuff done. I have to get my football stuff in, my articles, my pods, uh, my fab. So, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, early in the week, uh, I'll uh, get get all that in order and then uh, enjoy the rest of the weekend uh, at the bar. Yeah, maybe one of these Saturdays because I've been playing some softball in Brooklyn. It's almost done, but it's actually not a – it's your – your bar, Greenwich Street Tavern, is on the way home. Like I could just, you know, nice. drive, park there, come in for a little bit, and then hit the uh, uh, tunnel. So we'll we'll have to talk about that. We will, we will. Uh, but let people know where they can find your work and everything you do for the athletic. Yeah, uh, follow me at the athletic. Um, you know, my weekly uh, article comes out every Thursday morning. Uh, you know, week uh, weekly preview, and then uh, my my podcast is out every Wednesday. The Athletic Fantasy Show with Nando DeFino. Hey, guys. And uh, <laughs> Brandon, Marianne Lee. 
today's episode was great. Uh, if you guys get a chance to listen to it, Nando recommends trading CD Lamb uh, for Michael Carter. <laughs> no, he didn't. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then I lose my mind. And then I lose oh. my mind after that. So that was fun. And uh, he still thinks it's a fair trade. I tell him he's out of his mind and to stop telling, saying things like this on the air. Um, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a nice clean hour of fun and frustration. As you know, uh, Nando sometimes goes off the deep end with, yes, uh, I do. Hey guy, you know what I like really, I, I think he's going to have a big season is, uh, Dante Pettis. Dante. He, he scored a touchdown last week, didn't he? Last I mean, week. Like yeah. So that was today's show where, uh, Nando recommends Dante Pettis as well as trading away CD lamb for Michael Carter. <laughs> I have to talk about Nando. Yeah, we love Nando. We love Nando. But definitely uh, do. Sometimes he'll make you scratch your head. Uh yeah, most of the time. Uh when it comes to uh fantasy advice. But nah, we love Nando. He's good. He's good. He just he just likes to see, you know be a little different. I don't want to talk about the same guys. Yeah, exactly. And that's his that's his I don't want to you know what anybody could recommend uh, playing Devontae Adams. It's the real man <laughs> that says play Tavon Austin. <laughs> Uh, that is true. All right, Chris, always good talking to you again. Chris Bacow, check him out at The Athletic and the Greenwich Street Tavern in New York City. Phenomenal bar, excellent food. Always good catching up with you, Chris, man. We'll talk again soon, all right? Always, buddy. Always a good time. Good luck right, uh, in that, week eight. Thanks, man. That wraps it up. The Any Up Podcast. I'll be back tomorrow with uh, John and Pemba as we'll go over the early lines, uh, give our thoughts quickly on the bets and totals for the week. That's coming up on tomorrow's Andy Up podcast.